Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hello, Stephen. Good to see you. Hi, Ed. Good to see you, too. We've been traveling a lot, haven't we? We've been traveling a lot. We had a lot of fun in Tel Aviv, um, and now uh, summer holidays begun for me, at least. So, um, so unfortunately, I was not able to travel to the London event this week, which um, thank you for taking the lead on the hosting duties. It's a pleasure. It was a great event. We'll talk about it, no doubt. Uh, you were missed. Um, the gentleman in the pub, uh, just a shout out to the Sutton Arms in Great Sutton Street, not the other Sutton Arms. Um, the gentleman who runs that pub, I phoned him up and I mentioned that we were coming and he said that that very tall man is a very nice man. So a shout out to him for calling you out as a nice man. Well, yes, it, it's weird how when you give people a lot of money, they tend to like you. So um <laughs> but it is true, it is a great pub, and I'm, I was sorry to miss it. So, um, and they're so friendly to us as well. They are well. very friendly, I mean, really... very no stress. They make it very easy. So, so yes, thank you yeah. to them. Um, yeah, so that's our topic for today. Let's, let's recap. We had, we had two events in the last couple of weeks. We had um, GeoMob Tel Aviv, and we had GeoMob London. So um, before that, though, we wanted to cover one other topic. You want to you dive into the old Mastodon Okay, list? yeah, so... So, probably our listeners know that Ed and I have both switched most of our attention to, uh, from, from Twitter to Mastodon. And uh, it's a slow process building a network, again, when you start from scratch. Lots of the people you used to follow and connect with on other sites aren't there. And this week, a guy called Florian Lederman published a list of geo people it was a list broken down into gis people cartographers other people to follow i think it was about 150 160 people um, who were already on mastodon and he made it really easy for you to just pick up that whole list and follow it which i did and i think you did as well Ed, yes yeah? i've done that as well yeah and it's a great list, you know, and Ed's on it, I'm on it, Mapper is on it, I think Open Cage is Open on, it, on it, GMO Mob is on it, lots of people are on it. Yeah. yeah, lots of people are on it, you know, um, and it's a great starting point if you're into Geo and presuming you're listening to this podcast, you probably are, and if you're on Mastodon, it's a great list. However, there were a couple of organisations, and I'm not going to name them, um, it doesn't matter who they are, but there were a couple of organizations that prompted some discussion, and that's what I thought we might talk about, Ed. Um, these organizations publish maps that other people have produced, and allegedly, and I really say that because I haven't checked this out at all, but allegedly they don't provide particularly good attribution. Uh, I would and, say that's not just I, I can verify that. I have seen examples of that, yes. Right, okay. Um, and few people who are in the sort of geomastodon world were calling that out and saying they shouldn't be on the list um and there was some debate about this whether they should be on the list or whether they shouldn't be on the list and uh florian was commenting on this and he was just very uncertain as to whether 
he should be curating the list rather than just gathering all the names that broadly fell into the geo bucket and uh, I wonder what you thought about well that. first of all I have some first uh, first of all thank you for to Florian for making the list and I have some sympathy for him because it's it's the kind of thing where he probably thought, oh, I'll just I'll just create a whip up a quick little list, and now he's now he's got a whole new project and maintaining it and making these sort of editorial decisions. So, um, so yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, I I do think there's some legitimacy to this complaint in that people put in a lot of work to create content. And it's frustrating when other people steal that content, be it be it a map or whatever, and not provide attribution back. And and I say that as someone who, you know, for, for us on OpenCage, one of our mar whole marketing strategies has been creating these, uh, researching these geographic threads, and, and, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to create all this. And it would be deeply annoying. And first of all, I do always make an effort to attribute the maps that we use, and there are a lot of maps in there. Um, and making sure when I take screenshots of maps that I get the copyright thing on there. Um, you know, that no one's perfect. So the, the thing is, if, if you're just occasionally now and then sharing a map, you know, no one expects you to be perfect. But if this is the, the, the purpose of your account is always like you're sharing maps, and some of these accounts are, their whole thing is like, oh, we always, you know, they always just share maps. You know, you would think they could do a bit of a better job at it. I, I um, but nevertheless, I do think um, it's ultimately up to you who you want to follow. So absolutely, I mean, I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly agree about attributing content that you're resharing. You know, and with Mappery, um, they're not maps; they're photographs. Right. Um, but you know, we we do our very, very best to always credit the person who sends us a photo. We do say to people, if you send us a photo, we assume you have the rights yeah. to share that photo with us. You know, we don't go back and say, is that your photo? If it's somebody else's photo, did they give you permission? Right. But we do, we do go through that and we do our best to attribute. So I absolutely agree with you. On the other hand, um, Mastodon should be a site for grown-ups. And in this, if you follow a list, you choose. You don't have to follow the whole list. You know, I've gone through that list, right? I unfollowed the two accounts that aren't attribution because you're absolutely right. That's not the kind of behavior that I want to support. Um, I unfollowed a number of people who tweet in languages that I can't read. Um, that's not a, a downer on them. You know, they may have really interesting things to say, but I just don't have the time or energy to go through my stream trying in my pidgin German to understand somebody who's written a long text post. Um, I unfollowed people, yeah, for all sorts of reasons. I just didn't fa fancy following them for one reason or another. Um, right. That's fine. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's your social media. You should make it whatever you want exactly so. yeah you don't have to follow the whole list so i think you know my message to florian is thank you again for producing this list it's a great resource it gets a lot of people started um and to anybody who's used the list 
just go through it and weed out the ones you don't like. Um, certainly, I saw a big boost in people following me and following Mappery this week as a result of that. Yeah, list. there has been a lot, and it, it, it keeps going. As We saw the same thing with the Geomob account and uh, the OpenCage account, so... The list is a good resource, and we'll get it linked in the uh, in the show notes. So, um, and one personal appeal. I mean, so as someone now who's been using Mastodon for I don't know whatever it is eight months or so. One of the things I do miss is there are a lot of individuals who have made the move to Mastodon, but a lot of organizations have not. You know, I'm thinking of groups that I would that I want to stay up to date on. Um, and I wish more organizations would do that because, uh, you know, because um, basically now, I mean, I'm kind of done with Twitter and, and it seems Twitter's imploding anyway. And I'm definitely not, you know, so it's not that much effort, I think, to also make the move to. And, and I think Mastodon certainly in the open source, open data community definitely has critical mass. So Absolutely. you're kind of missing out if you're not on there. Yeah. I mean, I think um, in the OpenStreetMap community, the conversation, the social media conversation has moved largely to Mastodon. Uh, yes and no. I would say in the European OpenStreetMap community. I'm not sure that's the case okay. in... There's another one? Well, there's also Americans. There's also actually, there's quite a thriving African online community, but I think a lot of that happens in Facebook and things like that. So... Um, which is also fine. Not everyone needs to be all in the same place, but you know, it, it it does feel like we're kind of fragmenting, which is unfortunate. So it, it does make communicating a bit harder, or it does make your stream a little bit more manageable. Yeah, but that's on to you. I think you can always make your stream manageable. As particularly with Mastodon, you control exactly what's on there. It's unlike unlike Twitter or whatever, where the algorithm is is giving you things. Anyway, yeah, this yeah. is I I invite everyone to follow GeoMob on Mastodon. That's where we publish our summary threads and um, and check out the list. It's a great tool. Great. Okay, so. Go on. Are you going to start off with Tel Aviv? Yes, it came first. Yes, exactly. Tel Aviv came first. So a couple of weeks ago, it was my great pleasure to, to head off to Tel Aviv for the very first time, which was quite the adventure. And um, very interesting place, actually, Stephen. In, in many ways, a weird mix of Europe, uh, but also completely, it feels very different and foreign, not least because all the signs are in Hebrew. You know, so very different than Europe. Uh, but then also, in some ways, uh, quite a lot of American influence, uh, it felt like. So um, very different place, very fun. We had a lot of fun walking around the city and seeing things. Um, and, of course, the highlight was Geomob Tel Aviv on the, the 20th. Um, so th I believe this was the third Geomob Tel Aviv. That's right. Some things very similar, very very tried and true from the old uh, Geomob recipe in other cities, but, but uh, some things a bit different. Um, most notably, the biggest difference is, of course, the event is held at the pub, which I, I guess I didn't fully appreciate. They have a lot of difficulty getting a venue, um, which is unfortunate. So if anyone out there is listening and has a venue in Tel Aviv, uh, you know, it'd be great if you could um, help us out there. Um, Word has it that we have a cracking venue for the next oh, right. Geomob Tel Aviv. Uh, 
but we can't say yet because it's not confirmed. And when will that yes. be? That'll be roughly in the autumn sometime in the... In yeah, October, November. November. Um, very good turnout. We had a lot of people show up. Um, but lots of lots of interesting things happening in Tel Aviv. Lots of um, startups uh, uh, doing interesting things. So yeah, let's briefly run through the talks. Our first talk was a startup called Sea Tree, which um, this is you know what's interesting here. Um, this is like the third or fourth talk that we've had at different venues about using aerial imagery and and machine learning to analyze forestry, analyze trees. So actually, um, just recently on the podcast, we had Yua, from, who was the best speaker in Finland, whose uh, startup Collective Crunch does the exact same thing, how they, they focus on forestry. Sea tree was focused, I think, more on kind of orchards and things, particularly in the examples he gave were in Brazil. Um, so a bit of a different twist, but, but similar concept. So, you know, basically helping landowners or farmers, I'm not sure what the term is for someone who owns large plantations of trees, but to, to, you know, figure out what's going on with their trees. And, um, could I just add, Ed, they're not large, they're massive, yeah, <laughs> right? Bigger than, bigger than Luxembourg or, uh, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they need some help, and C3 helps them do that, so that was cool. Then the next talk we had was a company called Kando, which was... Um, I have to admit, Stephen, some of these talks were in Hebrew, so it wasn't quite so simple for me to follow along, but... It was... It was sanitation. It was mapping flows of um, wastewater, right. wasn't it? Yeah, it was very tacky. Very tacky. You may not know this, Stephen, but actually, my undergraduate degree is in was in civil and environmental engineering, and I had to take a couple of classes in exactly on this kind of wastewater treatment and hydrology and things like that. It's been a long time, but um, but the good news is uh, uh, hydrology hasn't changed that much. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so very interesting. So basically, helping helping communities understand where's the water and where are they losing the water, where are their leaks, and detecting that quickly and things like that. So very cool. The next one was our our best speaker, um, and this was a very good talk for a couple of reasons. I mean, a, he was a good speaker, but um, the the startup was a company called Move It. Which I don't, I'm not even sure you would call it a startup anymore because it's quite a big. No, company. It's, it's not a, a startup. But yeah, what I hadn't gotten is. You know, there are all these different mobility. So, so MoveIt is a tool that you can um, you can use to a, kind of a public transport mobility as a service kind of tool, of which there are many that have sprung up over the last couple of years. But I had not appreciated how big this thing is in Israel. This is like the way that most people buy their bus ticket, right? And um, and so that was quite interesting. He talked about all the challenges there of kind of showing showing a correct ETA for when, you know, when is the bus going to be there? And, um, you know, obviously it's not simple. Look at the world as a complicated place, as we experienced because we got stuck on a bus earlier that day when there was some kind of traffic Indeed. incident. Yeah. And what, what I found interesting, and this is the second time, uh, both in Tel Aviv, actually, that there have been people talking about estimated times of arrival. And... The first one was Autofleet talking about um, ETAs for delivery services and how if you're booking food, buying, uh, ordering a meal, um, 
when you see the ETAs, people's purchase decisions are substantially influenced by how long the ETA is. Right. And if they, if you tell people that it's going to be more than ten or fifteen minutes, um, they're likely to buy from somebody else. But if you buy from somebody else who promises you a fast ETA and it doesn't arrive on time because they've fibbed to you about the ETA, then you're less likely to buy online food in the future, uh, a meal delivery in the future. And then you had Ellie talking about a similar thing with public transport and saying, if you get your ETAs wrong by more than, I think he said, 15 minutes again, there is a significant deterioration in that person's usage of public transport. They start booking taxis rather than using public transport. So it's a very similar pattern, you know, getting the ETA accurate is really important for long-term usage. Well, I wonder if this is a, somehow, a, 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 um, you know, is Tel Aviv a hub for this because of the heritage of Waze? Which is, of course, the you know the the most famous Tel Aviv geospatial startup, and their whole thing is traffic, traffic, showing where the traffic is, helping people see the traffic, avoid the traffic. It, I don't know if there's any direct connection between Waze and Move It or or Autofleet, but um, that's interesting. I mean, because certainly the tra the traffic in Tel Aviv is also there's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of traffic. Yeah. yeah so yeah, there's also an enormous number of scooters. Right. Um, but. Um, I mean, but Move It is a, a global business. Right. You know? I mean, they may not operate in every country, but they operate in a lot of countries now. You know, I mean, the service varies whether you can buy your bus tickets and things using the app. But um, I mean, they spread out. But uh, yeah, there is a connection there somehow. Anyway, anyway. very good scene. Yeah. Uh, so very good talks. Fight the final speaker. I had the pleasure of being the final speaker. Um, not talking about GeoMob, but talking about OpenCage and the geocoding and trying to convince people to stop wasting their money with um, our good friends at Google and others like Google and instead use open data and talked about all the advantages of open data and um, not least, of course, the price. So if anyone out there needs some geocoding, get in touch. It was pretty well received. And actually, I have had, um, I've had one or two two follow-ups i think from members of the audience who right. you know now are testing our service and hopefully will become customers so that's fantastic it is um i have to say it was the and i say this very warmly it was the most commercial presentation i've ever seen you do at an <laughs> event i mean it was it was it was witty it was good it was it was blatant selling i mean yes there's nothing wrong with that occasionally, you know, and it works. So well done. Well done. Um, yeah, we go back and forth on that because, um, I mean, obviously, it, it's not fun if, if I'm just always selling. But obviously, you know, the bills don't pay themselves. So, um, so. anyway, then, um, of course, we voted for best speaker, which went to uh, Move It, the, the guy from Move It. I'm, 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 apologies, I'm blanking on his name. Ellie. Yeah. Ellie. And and then we had some beers. Um, so big thank you to the local organizers and the local sponsors, of course, who, um, who yeah. made it all possible. Thanks to Ran and Tony. Exactly. Um, also, thank you to the combination of the UK Postal Service and the Israeli Postal Service for managing to get the splash maps 
prizes to me in Tel Aviv with at least 24 hours to spare. Right. Um, yeah, that was a scary moment because we thought we were not going to have prizes on time, but then... You know, in that regard, so, Stephen, I guess we have one announcement we should share. So in your case, you, you got splash maps made of Tel Aviv. Um, but unfortunately, we've had some bad news from our, our good friends at Splash Maps. They, they have made a change to some of their product offering. And so, you know, now they only, the custom maps, I believe, are now only of the UK and of the US. So it's no longer easily possible to, or, I don't, or maybe it would be possible at all to make maps of Europe, for example, of Europeans of, of outside of the UK. Um, and so the result is it's no longer really a great prize, obviously, for a speaker in Berlin or in Barcelona or whatever. So we are on the hunt for a new prize. If any brand out there wants to wants to have some kind of giveaway or something that um, people might like, um, we, and we'll continue doing the, the UK. In the UK, we'll continue giving the best speaker a splash map. But um, if anyone has any ideas for... Ideally, in my opinion, some sort of physical object, um, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, yeah, so get in touch if your brand would like to, to be the best speaker prize in these other cities. Okay. Um, we did talk about a GMO t-shirt. We could make a GMOB t-shirt. The problem with t-shirts is then, you know, you got to print them up ahead of time, and do you have the right size, and you got to transport them around, and... Um, there are solutions to that. There are solutions. Know. I there mean, are we, solutions. we are in 2023. There are websites where you put in your address and your size, and the T-shirt arrives within a few days. Yeah, but I mean, that's not the same as giving someone the T-shirt live at the event. I, um, but yeah, we could we could think about what we make. Well, we'll come up with something. Maybe maybe if if no if no one wants to sponsor the best prize event, then maybe we will switch to doing a T-shirt or you know. A, cap or something or i don't know whatever it is so okay so then so then you were off to london you were I, I i headed back to europe and you headed to london so what um and unfortunately it oh is london not excuse me yeah. excuse me we're geographers yeah london's not in europe anymore london is part of europe yes but i mean in a you know in a philosophical sense yeah. so okay it's um, yeah, in a philosophical sense, we're we're moving away. The island is drifting. The island is drifting. So, um, yeah. So uh, the, this week was GeoMob London, and based on what I saw and the accounts that I heard, it was a great event. Tell us, um, give us some details, Stephen. You were there. Oh, it was it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I. It's difficult to describe on the on a podcast the essence of GeoMob, but. It's geekery, it's a bit of craziness, it's sometimes a moment of humour, and we had the whole lot on Wednesday night at GeoMob in London. It was fantastic. I mean, first up, um, a shout for Joe Leach and Henry Sternberg, because on Wednesday morning, there was a moment when we'd lost two of our five speakers and Joe Leach stepped in at short notice to speak and I met Henry Sternberg in 
the afternoon at Gervasian when I was running a workshop there and suggested to him, would you like to come and talk this evening at Geomob? And he said, oh, yeah, I can do that. And he did, and he was very good. So congratulations to both of them. Thanks for filling the agenda. So Joe Leach started. Um, his talk was entitled Mapping the Data Mountains of London, and it was a talk about visualisation of census geography and variables on census geography but it was inspired by the Middle Earth maps at the beginning of the Tolkien books. Right. If you remember the, the style of those maps at the beginning of the Tolkien books. Um, and it was a way of showing high levels and low levels as mountains and valleys um, across London. It was really good. And he was hysterically funny, really good, great speaker. And I have a confession, Ed, which I'm going to make on the podcast because you can't swear at me on the podcast. Um, he came up to me and said, please, can I use... Can I do a live demo? My... No, not a live demo, but he had um, HTML slides. Right. He said, I probably can turn them into a PDF, but please. And I let him, and it worked perfectly. And I know you can tell me off. Well, I'm, I'm glad it worked perfectly. The problem is, Stephen, if if all five speakers want to use five different sets of software, it just becomes a nightmare. And yeah, it's fantastic that it worked perfectly. But as as you well know, that's often not the case. And then we have, you know, then we have a hundred people sitting there watching someone do IT support, which is not a well, it's not actually, a great event. All he did was use a tab in my web browser. Oh, right. Fine. It, it was pretty, you know, I mean, and given that I did the uh, the Geomob slides in my web browser, right. um, it, it was okay. Anyway, he was great. Then we had Lauren Kerner from the Marine Stewardship Council, and this was a fascinating talk because it was about evaluating the health of fish stocks. Yeah. Um, on a global basis and the sustainability of those stocks, which is what the Marine Stewardship Council does. Um, but of course, she starts out by pointing that out that fishing zones are usually 200 mile buffers around countries' borders. You know, that's their national fishing zones that they control. Um, fish don't take any notice. They just swim wherever they like. So. The big fish uh, stocks move around. So they move from Japan to Australian waters, for example, you know, and, um, and it was about how you map the movements of these, these stocks and how the movement into different countries' jurisdictions affects the sustainability of those stocks and everything. It was fascinating. The maps were really weird. Great talk. And lots of people interested because, of course... We're all down with environmentalism and sustainability and stuff like well, that. Well, that's great because I know she had volunteered actually to speak last year and then, then it didn't work out for some reason. So it's great that she was finally able to come give the talk. Good speaker. Then we had Henry, uh, the guy I met at Geovation. Um, his startup's called Blue Light Maps and it's navigation for emergency services. And basically, he was a special constable you know these volunteer yeah. police officers and he was trained to drive 
the vans and the things, you know, he was a, a, a fast responder. And the whole thing was about emergency services have very special needs in navigation. First of all, they can go, they can ignore no right turn, no left turns, as long as it's not a one-way street. Um, they can go through certain narrow gaps and low traffic zones and all sorts of things. And it was, he was demonstrating how you, the routing requirements were very different. And then an interesting thing is, um, you know, the speed bumps, I don't know whether you have them in Barcelona or in Germany, but we've got, we, our roads are absolutely riddled with these speed bumps to slow people down. And particularly if you're an ambulance driver, with a patient on board so you've done the pickup you don't want to be bouncing your patients right, right, right. on yeah. on the speed bumps and it's actually um paramedics will choose to take a slightly longer route that avoids the speed bumps because it's better for the patient in certain circumstances so it was an interesting yeah talk. that makes sense um then we had the geekiest talk of the lot um guy called Matthew Sackman um, I think his company's called Werner and he said it's the talk was described as processing a lot of polygons quickly um, but when we're talking about a lot of polygons I mean we're talking about 50 to 100 million polygons you know massive things you know and the challenges of sort of multi-threaded processing and you're doing combines and separates i mean a lot of polygon geometry and he was it not only was it very smart stuff but he was very funny and he was very open about the things that he tried that hadn't worked before he found a solution to it so it was a great talk um and really worth listening to and then we finished with skylar mcdonald who is the CAD manager for the London Ambulance Service. Um, and her talk was about using open geospatial data to improve emergency response. And before she was the CAD manager, um, I think she spent some time working in the call centre that receives the 999 calls and dispatches the ambulances. Right. Um, and I mean, this was both fascinating and hysterical I mean this was this lady should be on uh, a stand up comedy circuit because she was hysterical about the whole whole thing you know and I mean it, but it was also fascinating because you start to realise the challenges that the ambulance service has in actually getting an ambulance to the right place you know um the first thing you get is some very vague location data from from whoever um, calls in from from the call system because BT has a way of working out where you're calling oh, from right, okay. at, and they route it through to the call center but that's quite a big radius of uncertainty um, a little bit later um, if you're calling from a mobile phone they've got this um, this thing on the mobile phones which uses the GPS on your phone to send an SMS message to the call centre and eventually, yeah, a little bit later in the call, this pops up and you zoom in to me much closer 
Um, but still, you've got all the problems of what about if somebody's not calling from the location of the right. the person? You know, maybe they haven't got phone reception, so they come. Anyway, it was just fascinating, um, and it was also hysterically funny. And she won the Splash Maps prize um, by quite a big margin. It was, you know, it was a great presentation and a lot of fun. Oh, good for her. And then, thanks to the wonderful sponsors that we have, we went to the pub, we drank, we talked a hell of a lot of geo. There was a crowd of people immersed in the subject of gazetteers, and who knew so many people loved gazetteers? <clears throat> Not just Ed Parsons and me. It was quite a big turnout, huh? A lot of attendees. Yeah. Based on the yeah, it was a good turner. Yeah. Um, I didn't count, so I can't tell you, but I would have said the um, the room at Geovation was pretty much full. Okay. All the seats were taken. Um, the bar bill went pretty rapidly, um, which is a measure of how many people are attending. Um, it was great, and quite a few new people. Um, I think running this event with... I don't know whether we were in partnership or just in cooperation with London Data Week, but it was part of the London Data Week, which has been a great week. Um, they were all data-related talks, um, and there were quite a lot of new people there, so great event. Fantastic. Well, I hope um, I hope some of those new people will return. I hope some of them are listening now. And, uh, yeah, it seems like London, you know, the community is thriving, so... Fantastic. Thank you to all the speakers. I'm, I was, it's very unfortunate I wasn't able to, to make it. So we've got lots of events We've got lots up. of events coming up. Our next event is also in London, which is September 13th, where we will be back at UCL, just to mix it up a little. Um, we have not yet confirmed the exact room at UCL, but but we will do that just because they don't let you book too far in advance, but we and that will happen. And uh, we do need some speakers there so if anyone would like to volunteer to speak please get in touch september 20th we're in barcelona september 20th we are, we are you know Stephen, we've had some difficulties in barcelona getting critical mass but we're trying again and we already have a full lineup of speakers so i'm cautiously optimistic that we that we get that going um then the following week actually we have four weeks in a row where we have geomobs the following week we're going to be in berlin having our third berlin event which there i don't really have any worries about critical mass because our last couple of events have been great and um i'm sure this one will be as well and then finally the following week i think the fourth of october we are in lisbon lisbon so i i'm going to be in lisbon and uh which i'm really looking forward to and i invite everyone else to come join us and uh and yeah we're we're slowly getting the lineup together there that would be cool. And I had um, a message on Mastodon yesterday from somebody who might be a speaker. Who might come to Lisbon. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, and, so, uh, Stephen, we should not forget the final um, event that we've already scheduled, which is all the way in November, which is going to be the northernmost geomob ever in Finland in the city of Ulu, I believe. I, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but which um, is apparently the fourth northernmost city in the world. Okay, so and wow. the other three are all somewhere in Russia. 
So, uh, so it's further north than Tromso in Norway? Oh, much, much, yeah. Much. Oh. And it's, um, I, I have not been there, but it, apparently there's a university there, and so that's the, the, cool. the GeoMap will be held kind of in conjunction with that. So, so. Yeah. And just adding to that list, remember we've got another Tel Aviv event in probably yeah, we've got November. Tel Aviv. We'll probably try to do another London event, I guess, in November, maybe, but we don't have dates yet for all those. But, you know. I've got to say, Ed, I'm t we're talking about this, and I've got the list of events up on the screen. And if we were a business, this would be a full events program. It's a we full events program, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a remarkable thing. You know, the the enthusiasm that there is around all of these cities um, to run geomobs and they're not doing it once and giving up you know we're talking about the fourth one in tel aviv i don't know the third or fourth one in berlin the third one in lisbon i think yeah. you know i mean let's keep it going if anyone out there listening wants to get it going in their city let's let's um get in touch i mean we, we it feels like we have the the recipe is set um, but that that is kind of that that's a good point to me that's my one kind of requirement is if someone wants to volunteer, ideally they should commit to doing it at least two or three times to get it going, not just one time. Um, so, but of course we can help and we can, um, you know, give you all the advice and and we can come out and speak and depends where it is. I'm not sure I'm going to make it to Ulu in in November, but no. Um, but I did go. But I did I'm... go to Helsinki in April. So yeah, um... and I am looking at Lisbon. All right, come on, let's go. I am looking at Lisbon and thinking that I have a son in Porto and well, is there a way that I can connect those two things and come out? There is a way, Stephen. You just get on a plane. And see my, my friend Joanna as well. Uh, yeah. Come on. I will be there. Yeah. I have, I have booked okay. my ticket, so I will definitely be there. All right. Should we wrap it up, Stephen? Yep, I think we've done a great job. Um, I wish everyone a, a pleasant summer. Um, of course, the podcast will keep going. We have a lot of interviews uh, uh, that we've already recorded and a few more on the way. But um, but in terms of events, we're taking a little summer break. But we'll be we'll see you all in September. I've got a mini scoop coming. Oh right. Well, okay. Yes, yeah. look forward to that. Yeah, you just got to wait and find out what it is. But I I describe it as a mini. All right. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, my, my guest might want me to describe it as more than a mini, but I'll be modest at the moment. All right. Well, okay. have a good summer, everyone. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a geomob event soon. <laughs>